Hi, it's Mitch from PickDogs.com here with Chris, Jovan, and Ron, just four of us here today. So uh, I'm not sure if other people are coming or what the deal is, but uh, I guess uh, it's fine. We could just do us four and kind of do the old format that people like. Some people like it. Some people like the new format. doesn't really matter. Chris, how's it going today? I'm doing well. You know, I had, had a great time watching the, the, the Scott Frost tradition keep up at Nebraska to start the season. And uh, How crappy of a coach is he? <laughs> How bad? I mean, that was, that was bad. I mean, that, that onside kick in the third quarter kind of summarized – Scott Frost tenure so far in Lincoln, but uh, how about the talent evaluation? Of, you know, how about how about the having the right pieces in the right places? I mean, that's part of, especially in college. This is a yeah. big part of it, is putting the team together. And how bad is Scott Frost at that? <laughs> I mean, just this quarterback. I mean, let's get let's get let's have a quarterback that can't throw worth the crap and and can run and try and make him throw and then. You know, what we'll do is we'll get another guy that does the same thing. And, you know, instead of just going with what worked at, you know, what worked for him at UCF, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it. But um, anyways, could be worse. Could be uh, Timmy Chang. I thought North Carolina looked terrible, too, um, in their game against Florida a and I thought they looked absolutely horrible. I thought Utah State looked bad against UConn. I thought UConn looked good. Um, you know, it just shows you the, the magic of the transfer portal if you play it right. If you get that right guy from the right school and, um, you know, put it, give him his opportunity and reps. Because I think when you have guys that are recruited by, you know, every school only gets, you know, X amount of scholarship players on the roster. So, you know, the big schools, they, they don't take a lot of chances, you know. They... At this point, they used to be able to take a lot more chances, but now they don't take as many chances. And it's guys that are pretty much they know are going to be good. So when you get a Penn State running back, you know, a guy who was recruited by Penn State, probably going to be pretty good. You know, James Franklin recruited him there. And it was probably going to be good. So, um, you know, Jovan, anything surprised you yesterday in college football? Uh, not much surprised me. You know, um, even though I was on the wrong side of a couple um, a couple plays, you know, I'm, I'm, I was willing going into that that Hawaii game. I was willing to you know side with Hawaii, even though they did have a lot of turnover with players and coaching staff. You know, just on the strength of what um, Vandy did last year and what they've done for the you know <laughs> since forever. You know, I was on definitely on the wrong side of it. You know, Hawaii just wasn't ready for prime time. Just giving up balls every time they got hit, it was like they the ball just popped in the air and landed in the Vandy guys um you know defensive players um <laughs> the hands and they was off to the races. You know, so I wish I could have had it back, but I you know I, I would you know going into going into the season, I'll take it I'll take a chance with that. Um Nebraska, they're doing what Nebraska has done, you know, ever since basically ever since they've made, um been to the Big Ten, you know, which is um, you know, <laughs> lose conference games. You know, I will say about that game, you know, when they were up and that fumble that really wasn't a fumble, you know, that, that kind of swung momentum in that game, and that gave um, Northwestern, you know, basically the the keys to do whatever they wanted. They they played looser after that, 
and they had a lead into halftime. And then the second half was the second half, and Nebraska did what they did. And um, you know, that was the bottom line. But I think if it was 21 to 10, maybe you know the way the two teams play, and you know, it, it might have um emboldened um Nebraska to you know play better defense and not you know give up a an easy um bro, you know basically defensive broken play to make it 17-14 you know when um when Northwestern went up with with that big score so you know I don't know you know just to ebb and flow of the get of the of these games is you know really something to be said for that I had Hawaii as well and I I felt that as bad as the score was right as bad as the final score was it really was just a couple of plays here and there that really were the difference in that game. It was plays that Hawaii didn't make, wide open receivers that that weren't that that weren't hit. Um, I thought there was a, there was a um, one where the receiver had the ball in the end zone. Um, the defender knocked it out. Boy, he holds on to that ball. It's a different ball game. Like you said, two, two balls that popped up in the air into the defender's arms that got ran back for touchdowns in that game. And then, of course, you know, a Vandy quarterback that is just Robert Griffin all over again. You know, it's, I think he might be better than Griffin, to be honest with that. He's, well, I don't know. I don't know if he's better. Maybe it's just been a while. But it, it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's just like, all right, we got a good pass rush on him, but oh no, we got a good pass rush on him because he's gone, man. Right. It is what he. What was that one touchdown? Was about seventy-five yards that he ran. Um, yeah, yeah, untouched. It was, it was when it was when they they basically broke it over open open in the um in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was just um you know, I think that Hawaii. I think I despite the um the loss. I think it's a program probably headed in the right direction. I think that, um, you know, we saw flashes of it. I think they just need to get their players. Um, Hawaii has some some good talent homegrown, and they're going to have to keep that in in state in order to, to build that, that team around it. Um, I mean, they, you know, they were moving the ball. I'll give them that. They were moving the ball. It's just that when it came to fourth down, they, the quarterback made a couple bad decisions, you know, had a um, – had a play where he should have kept the ball. He probably would have sprinted, you know, in on onto his left for a touchdown. But he gave the ball to um to the running back on the um, run pass option. I gotta yep. believe that. that yep. And, yep. He gave it to the running back instead of keeping it himself. He would have had a touchdown. Right. He would have been so, gone. Um, you know that that just comes with repetition and gameplay. That's that's all that is. But I think but, um, having Timmy Chang there, you know, who has roots to St. Louis High School in Honolulu. Um, is going to help this team because, you know, St. Louis High School, you know, while, you know, most people look at, you know, Miami Central and Northwestern, you know, as as kind of the football factories in Pompano, Eli, and, you know, some of these other schools in Gainesville and um, in, in Tallahassee where, you know, the bulk of the NFL players seem to come from. Um, St. Louis High School um, puts out a tremendous amount of quarterbacks at a very, very high level at college. Marcus Mariota, Tua, Tua's brother. They got um, Timmy Chang, who's the, the coach of um, you know Hawaii. They have Mackenzie Milton. They had um, the guy who was the other Hawaii quarterback a um, couple years ago that was you know also really, really good. All from that St. Louis um, high school in Honolulu. And we, we know that, 
you know, while Hawaii is, is not a big state and while, you know, Hawaii athletics might not be up to up to snuff, um, you know, across the board and as deep as some of the other t- states at the top level, um, they compete with anybody and they, they have a lot of Polynesian um, people on their teams. And generally, you see a lot of those guys in the NFL, you know, um, DeFor- DeForest Buckner, um, you see, um, you know, so, some other guys like, as well like that. And you see, um, you know, the Hawaii Little League teams going to the World Series Championship again um, after, you know, the Maui team winning it just a few years ago. So, you know, and they, they've been relevant for quite some time in that respect as well. So I just think, uh, you know, I, I like Hawaii sports and, you know, I probably always will. But Ron, speaking of sports, um, what did you think of yesterday's college football um, opener? Opening zero. Um, anything that you, anything like, so now we have um, Utah State is going to Alabama, right? After that, do you think that part of it was they were looking ahead to Alabama? Or do you think they just, eh, those receivers just not quite up to snuff as they were last year? At Utah State. Yeah, I, I think it's more the latter. I, um, you know, obviously, eleven point win against UConn is not what you want, but um, I, I don't think this Utah State team is going to be as good as it was last year. I think that's pretty clear right now. But I mean, it could be a, a sense of they don't want to show everything before Alabama, but I don't think they have a, a, a chance in the world against Alabama to even compete. So you know, I think that, I think they needed to win that game comfortably in front of their home crowd. It was a little dicey at times. Um, even with, you know, the quarterback for UConn going down early. So uh, pretty disappointing. But Logan Bonner looked pretty good. I mean, three touchdown passes, 280 yards. So uh, I, I think Utah State will compete in Mountain West. I think it's a pretty weak Mountain West, though, this year. I, I really do. I don't really love the conference. El Nino, does anything surprise you or uh, impress you in college football yesterday out there? Uh, yeah, well, I was on Northwestern to keep it close. I wasn't expecting the upset like that, so that was a nice little surprise. On the other side of that, I, I was also on UTEP. So uh, North Texas was a team I backed a couple times last year, but uh, you know, I wasn't expecting them to all the tr- All the trends said North Texas. They all yeah, said yeah, yeah. everything <laughs> said the betting that. tools were all over North Texas. That's for sure. And they did uh, love the other one that was... I was just kind of mad I stayed off Illinois. That was one I was looking uh, to me, for. To me, the one I wish I would have jumped on it was one that I gave out on our premium pick show, and that was Florida Atlantic, and they just absolutely <laughs> shellacked Charlotte. I mean, the thing is, is that the Florida schools, it's like even if you're getting the fifth-rung talent you know, for the Florida schools, you're still getting way better talent than everybody else. It's like those guys slip through the cracks, and that's why guys like T.Y. Hilton end up at FIU. You know, because they, they, and you know, the running backs that Central Florida has had over the years, I mean, just absolutely destroying people. So, uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot, there's a lot of depth in the state and there's a lot of diamonds in the rough, you know, out there too. Um, you know, so I, I think that that is so. Anyways, you know, normally this is where we cut over to today's picks, but we got a little bit extra time. So I figure, um, September has a lot of big matchups for the opening month of college football. Chris, what's the one that you think that maybe um, either they're looking at as a big matchup and it's going to be a big matchup or what's the one that maybe, oh, this is easy money. Because for me, it's Alabama, Texas. I say lay up to four touchdowns with Alabama in that one against Texas. 
maybe even five. I would say five. I would say lay five touchdowns. I think of all of those big matchups, and it's not next week, it's the following week. I'd say of all those big matchups, I think you can comfortably lay four to five touchdowns with Alabama against a Steve Sarkeesian coach team based just on Steve Sarkeesian being the head coach. I mean, just based on that alone. You know, take away the, the talent differential, you know, across the board. But I mean, just based on Steve Sarkeesian being the head coach, I think you can lay four to five touchdowns with Alabama in that game. But um, any, any other ones you're looking at? Can't hear you. I'm sorry. I didn't want to, you know, hop into the mic. Um, I think week one, what I'm really looking at is um, uh, Arkansas-Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I just think there's going to be a, there's a lot of turnover with Cincinnati. I do like the, the you know, the coaching staff. I like Luke Fickle. And I like the, the Cincinnati Bearcats in the AAC. But I just think in week one, this Arkansas team brings back a lot of solid pieces. They've got their quarterback back in K.J. Jefferson, who really took steps in the right direction for the Hogs last season. And I just think it's a game that they can win by at least 7 to 10 points at home. They're only laying 6.5 right now. And um, – I just think there's going to be a bit of a bit of growing pains for the Bearcats. I think we're getting some early value with the with the Razorbacks there. This is where we find out if they've built a program at Cincinnati or if they just had a really good team. And I think yeah. I think they're building a program there. I think I think you're on the wrong end of that one. I like the other side of that thing. Jovan, how about you? Any of these what games? As far as like any games as that you're looking at? Any, ga- any games in well, week one, week two? Any of these September games, these out-of-conference games? Um, any ones that could be a surprise or anyone that's just like a stomping blowout? Like I think, you know, Alabama, like people are, like Alabama-Texas is seen as a featured game. But it's, you know, it's not, a, it's not a featured game. I mean, Texas has no better chance of beating Alabama than Vandy does. You know, Vandy actually has a better chance of beating Texas than Texas does of beating Alabama. That's for sure. Or being even competitive with them. Um, As as far as week one goes, I don't know. If for, for some reason, these Big Ten uh, week one matchups, it's, it's hard to get a read on. So I'm looking at – I was looking at the Thursday game between um, Penn State and Purdue. Um, you know – that that three and a half that 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 is at right now, I don't know. It looks tempting, you know, to me. So with Purdue, um, got to dig into it more, just to um, you know, get a handle on it. But as far as as far as um the rosters of, of the of the two teams, you know, deep into the roster, who you know is transfer portal and all that, see what's changed. But I don't know. I like to look at Big Ten uh, Big Ten action early in the season. You know, might be might be something to look at as far as you know, um, outright winner with um with Purdue. How about you, Ron? There's a lot of big games on the board here, um, or at least seen as big, big, big games. You know, Jovan mentioned the Big Ten. We got Ohio State Notre Dame at the Horseshoe um, next Saturday night on ABC as the feature game, and then we also have um, you know we have Oregon versus um, Georgia, which looks like you know. Oregon's lost quite a, quite a few players, but they've also gained quite a few players. Um, you know, maybe not getting as much credit in that respect. And then, um, you know, you've got some other games too out there. You know, some, some big matchup: Utah, Florida. You know, seen as a big matchup. Um, any of these games that uh, jumping off the page at you, that where it's like, ah, eh, this game might not be as good as people think. Miami at Texas A and M. You know, is another one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good week one schedule. Um, well, that's week, that's biggest... week two. Miami, Texas A&M is week three 
actually. And so is in Texas, Alabama is week two, but that's. Yeah. Well, that Utah Florida game is going to be the biggest game around here. Um, a lot of people are excited about that. And, uh, you know, I, I am too, even though I'm not the, the biggest Gator fan, but I do think it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, Utah laying two and a half points on the road here. You know, it's never easy to play in the swamp. You know, we saw Alabama. They weren't able to cover the spread last year, even though they got the win uh, late. But I think it's going to be – it's a sold-out crowd. I think all of the student season tickets are sold out for the entire season. So there's a pretty excite. there's a lot of excitement here with the Gators football team. Uh, I think the Gators are going to focus on the ground game a lot more this year with Anthony Richardson. I think he's going to be passing the ball about 15 times or fewer in, in each game. They've got a good offensive line. They've got a good running back group. And – I think if they focus on the ground and they play their strong defensive line defense, I think they got a chance in this game. So it should be a good one. El Ninos, anything you're looking at? I mean, Ohio State, 17 and a half points over Marcus Freeman and the the Irish um, Saturday night in the horseshoe. Um, Notre Dame ranked. If if Notre Dame is, is truly the fifth best team in the country and they're a 17 and a half point dog against number two, I mean, if you, who's number six, you know? Who's number six? I don't, I don't know the rankings, but who's number six? Would they be a 17-and-a-half-point dog at the horseshoe? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's how are they number five and a 17-and-a-half-point dog? Michigan's six. Yeah, you I think, think Michigan State, would be a 17-and-a-half-point dog at the shoe? <laughs> Doubt I think it. Ohio State is the much better team, but that's still a huge spread. I mean, for a game like this, you got to expect Notre Dame to show up a little bit, but I don't know that that is... I think, like I said, I think Ohio State wins this one rather easy, but again, 17 points, still 17 points, so have to dig into that one a bit deeper. On the other one, on uh, that Utah-Florida game, I think I think Utah does have the upper hand there, and I don't think it's going to be as close as that two-point spread might suggest. And uh, uh, what was the other one I was looking at? Um, Yeah, Georgia, Oregon. That's another uh, another kind of similar one to that that um, that other one we looked at. So wow, I'm all over the place. To that um, <clears throat> Ohio State game, I think they win that one easily. But uh, again, 17 points, 17 and a half points, still a big spread. So gonna dig it deep into those ones. But the the one that really pops out at me is actually that Utah one. <laughs> I think that spread's a little too small on that one. <laughs> All right, well, a lot to be talked about. I, I don't know. We could do a college football show. I know we plan on doing an NFL show, but we could do a college football show on Wednesdays, I think. Maybe um, just have whoever wants to show up kind of do a weekend-style show. We'll just pick a time and go for it. Um, I think it would be fun. Be, who cares if people, you know, I think people will, I don't know if people will watch or if they won't watch, but it really doesn't matter all that much. I think that um, I think it'll be fun. I like I could sit there and talk college football for an hour with you guys, so I got no problem with it. So then maybe we'll do that. I'll we'll throw out some times and um, you know we'll announce um, when it's going to be and uh, and just do it. So maybe I'll have to sit there and talk to myself, but um, it won't be the first time that's ever happened. So we go to uh, today's card, and um, I guess we'll just leave everybody here. We'll, we'll, we'll go back, I guess, to the other format. Chris and I have been going over every game on the board, but we'll just 
let's kind of just go through the games and do the other, the way that we've been doing it on these shows and um, just do three at a time or so. We've got the Marlins and the Dodgers. Edward Cabrera has been pitching pretty well. He's plus 235 here against Urias at home. Got uh, Patrick Corbin was favored in this game at one point I checked. And now Nick Lodolo and the Reds, who hasn't, he's no gem either. Um, and then um, the Red Sox, and the Rays, the Rays were favored, but they, I mean, they, they've been dominated in this series. Chris, any of these three, um, wet your whistle? <laughs> yeah, I think the two I like in this uh, in this time slot, I like the over eight between the, uh, the Reds and Nationals. I think this line's headed in the wrong direction. They're started at eight and a half, and Patrick Corbin, an ERA over 10 in his last seven starts, and Nick Lodolo in his last three starts on the road, uh, a 9.0 ERA. I, I know these are two lower scoring offenses, but I don't know how we don't get into nine, 10 runs at the very least here. So give me the, uh, the, the Reds and Nationals over. And I like the Tampa Bay Rays here. I, I know they have been dominated in the first couple games of this series, and maybe the Red Sox trying to prime themselves to go on a late run in September. But uh, I just think Corey Kluber, I like him better than Nick Pavetta. Pavetta struggled in his own start against the Rays earlier this season. I think uh, the Rays salvaged something with a win in, uh, in today's finale. Jovan, any thoughts on these three or any of these three? Yeah, looking at the um, Dodgers-Marlins game, two pitchers that's been pitching well. You know, Edward Cabrera, he's shown something in the few starts that he's, that he's had. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of plus money, the type of plus money that I, that I would like to take, but the Marlins just can't hit lefties worth a damn. So... Can't can't pull the trigger on now. I would just take the under whether it's first five or full game. So that's the way I would play it. Ron Romanelli, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and then we got into the college football talk, but I did I did want to I did want to ask you something. Maybe I should just do a run. I I'm thinking of, the other thing I'm thinking of doing aside from a college football, just you know, uh, kind of roundtable, um, kind of a barnstorming. You know, sh- show up if, if if you wish. You know, come as you are type show um the other idea that i have is to do a uh, weekly or you know a couple times a week or just you know put together like a capper interview just five minute interviews um of of every capper on the site and to have that on their capper page and then give them the opportunity to do you know a free pick video every day on their capper page not necessarily on our youtube but on their capper page and um you know I just think that, you know, the, the capper interview would be on YouTube, but then a capper, you know, pick a free pick if, as they wanted to do them, could put one, you know, one minute pick on their, on their, on their capper page. But one of the things that I would ask Ron Romanelli in the interview is how does it feel to be judged as an entirety, as an, as your entire body of work based upon a, either a game, a handful of games or one day? When it's something that you do every single day and, you know, over the course of a major league baseball season, that means 2,600 games that you've given out picks on. If you've given out picks on every single game, um, you know, not including the postseason. And then you have someone comes in the YouTube comments and just says, this guy went five and ten yesterday. Why would you listen to him? You know, how does it feel? Yeah. You know, it's like and people because people, you know, they they I, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. 
right? It's like, oh, you're not professional because you care. You know, it's like, that's basically what people say to me. I, you know what? I, I don't care that they feel that way. You know, the people that say that about me, I don't care, you know, because I, I, I do care about these things, you know? And it's like, I, you can't set the record straight with a YouTube troll, right? There's no setting the record straight, right? You know, it's not like, well, you know, you know, I went 12 and three, three times in the last week and I haven't seen one comment from you ever before. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I mean, this, is, this is what you say, or, you know, you, or, you know, the easier to come back your mama. Right. I mean, those are the, <laughs> those are the that's those, are, those are the best ones, but, um, you know, how does it, how, how is it, you know, cause it's your first time really through this, you know, over the course of the season, it's like, you know, you hold it together a lot better than I do. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, there's always going to be, no matter what you do, whether you're giving out picks or you're doing makeup tutorials, you're going to always get haters on, you know, and trolls on your video comments. And the good thing is, you know, we have a pretty good audience on those rundown videos. And I'd say, you know, 90, 95% of them are positive people looking to better their handicapping and they enjoy watching the videos and they enjoy you know, what I do. And, and I appreciate all those people. And yeah, you're going to have those people that comment, some trolling comments. Maybe they're new. They haven't really been there for the hot streaks. Maybe they caught you on a cold streak. And, you know, I, I've learned to, you know, I read the comments, but I, I've learned not to respond to the to the negative ones. There's Sometimes there's questions that people ask that I'll respond to. But, you know, I, I know that those people don't really know what we're doing. They don't really understand what we're doing. And, you know, that is what it is. If they're not, you know, if, if they want to leave comments like that, they're not really a part of our community. And we have a pretty tight community now so you know it's always going to happen I, I nobody's gonna nobody loves seeing hate comments that's for sure but uh you got to get through them you know it's a part of being online and that's that's what i expected i think the one thing that you get used to and you know jovan does a lot of videos and chris you know does a ton of video too and it's like um you know you have people that that are applauding you for for your picks and other people that are killing you for the for those for the very same picks you know it's like it's like what it, you know it's i don't know i i always say in my in my seven free picks you know i always say in the video it's like no one ever won money in youtube comments you know i'll tell you that much it's like you guys might talk about your picks or whatever you know after the fact i mean I, I, you know, I don't know if we could believe you or not believe you, but one thing's for certain, you know, no one's ever won money in YouTube comments. You know, it's all about beating the books, putting it together as a community. And that's kind of yeah, what we're yeah. about. That's what we do. But, but anyways, Ron, um, about these three games and, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, I don't get enough chance to talk to everybody out here like this. So, um, you know, but anyways, it's, it's Dodgers, Marlins, Nationals, Reds and Red Sox Rays. Gotcha. All right. We're going to go um, <clears throat> the Los Angeles Dodgers here. I like them on the run line, even though the total's low, so there may not be too many runs at stake. I don't think the Marlins do much of anything offensively here. Jovan was mentioning that the Marlins don't hit lefties, and I think that's even an understatement. I, I don't think they have a chance against lefties most times. I mean, <clears throat> even against guys like Zach Logue on, on the Oakland A's, they struggled against uh, in, in the last series. Dead last in Team OPS, 535 Team OPS uh, against lefties in the last month. 23rd in isolated power. The strikeout rate is highest in baseball in the last month, 31.1%. So really, if it's any lefty, they've had success against the Marlins, and you're getting one of the better lefties in baseball, Julio Rios, who's got a 2.36 ERA, having a really good campaign. He's got even better numbers on the road this year. So 
I don't think the Marlins score more than two runs in this game, and I think the Dodgers can pitch in uh, four or five runs by the end of the game, getting a few runs on the Marlins bullpen. So I'll lay the run line with uh, Los Angeles. Al Ninos, um, someone answered my question yesterday about the 5%. They said it's 5% of your bankroll at the time you make the bet. So that would mean that if you made three bets at the same time, you know, one after another, it would have to be in, that each bet would be sequentially less. Because it's 5% of what, so oh. you, right? Because your bankroll is wow. 5% invested, That's right? So, so yeah, it's, it, put it this way. Sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of work oh, because if, if it's sure 5% of your current bankroll, then each bet would have to be sequentially less. I think if you're placing out at the same time, though, you're making the same bet. No, they're not at the you same time because time. one bet is put. You can't make the bets at the same time. They have to be done at, at, at separate times. You can. Oh, I guess you can on the app, but I'm talking about out the window yeah. like a normal person. Yeah, I guess at the window you can't. That's yeah. interesting. But I would think if you're all setting like, okay, today I'm gonna make these three bets. I'll tell you who's gonna. I'll tell you who's gonna be pissed is the people behind yeah. you in line. If it's like the game's getting ready to go <laughs> off and you got your calculator out figuring out your five percent of, of the ba- of the bank. Yes, yes, they wouldn't be too happy about that. No, that's for sure. I, I think that that I think it's the enough. dumbest thing I've ever. Because this way you don't want to risk too much. It's like I think anytime you start talking about not risking too much. I think then you start getting into the, the the mindset of playing to not lose. And it's like, if you're not aggressive and playing to win, you cannot win in betting of any kind. Anyways, that's just my philosophy. Al, what do you think of these games? You got your Dodgers playing at basically 9 o'clock in the morning, L.A. time. Uh, yeah, they sure are in that early game. Uh, but I'll be looking at, uh, I'm going to agree with uh, Chris on one of the, his picks and disagree on the other one. I like that over in the, uh, the uh, Reds-Nationals uh, game. As, as every time you got Patrick Corbin uh, starting, that's a good good shot at the over there. And then um, I'm going to have to go with the Red Sox here. Kluber may be the better starter. I think if you're looking at the Rays, maybe focus on the first five. But I think full game, uh, the Red Sox have the better lineup. And I think uh, they get the job done at home. Rays are dead to me. Al McMarty, welcome to the show. Speaking of L.A. time, 7.30. Los Angeles time for for Al. How you doing today? Frozen. We lost them. We'll have to come back to Al. But anyways, we go to our next set of games. Got the... He couldn't spare listen to Al Ninos' picks, so he got out of there. Yeah, I've had enough. Did he just say minus one? <laughs> minus one with 2.8% of my bankroll. <laughs> after me, after betting 5%. It's like, what is 2.8% after betting 5%? It's like, so if you bet the, so if you bet the morning games, right, in college football, and then, you know, you say you want to bet now the 3.30 Eastern time start games or 3 o'clock start game. So you've made these bets and none of them have cashed, right? Because these games, the, the bets are still outstanding. Your bankroll is definitely lower at that point. It has to be because the money's in play. So you would have to recalculate what 5% is. The easiest way is take 10% and take half of that, right? But, I mean... What if you use multiple sources, like for your bankroll, like I do? You know, you have to go through all your different things and then and then add those together. I have no I idea. Guess that's on a personal thing. Uh... I have no idea. I have no idea. I've I've opened up sports betting apps, like of ones that I have in Vegas when I get out to Vegas, and it, it's had like nine hundred bucks in it. You know, it's like surprised. 
You know, it's like finding twenty bucks in your wallet, yeah. you know, in your pocket. You know, except that, it's like nine hundred. It's like some parlay yeah, that you left out there, you know, before you where you left. I've had that with a couple of fantasy accounts. I used to play a lot of fantasy, and then I completely just stopped and go and open one. It's like, oh, nice. Anyways, we got the Phillies Pirates. Got the Blue Jays Angels. Tucker Davidson has a paying gig. And we have the Mets against the Rockies. I'll tell you what, the Mets are winning these games against the Rockies, but it's not like they're, it doesn't feel convincing. You know, I, maybe it's like I'm looking for something more. Um, you know, 82 and 46, and it's not good enough for me, right? Chris Ruffalo, the, the, he was the secret buyer of the $12 million Mickey Mantle card. It was Chris Ruffalo. Chris, what do you, what do you got? I right. told you that in confidence. Sleep. <laughs> It's anonymous. <laughs> if believe me, if I paid twelve million for a baseball card, I, I wouldn't tell anybody either, man. That's for damn sure. It's like, what? It's like what's the upside on something like that? You know, I think at a certain point it tops out. Yeah, they got max. I left cookie crumbs when I was signing the check, but uh, I, I like the. Uh, I like the Pirates and Phillies under eight and a half here. I think this is just a, a better pitching matchup than maybe a lot of people give credit for. I think Ronzi Contreras is going to be the, the future of this Pirates rotation. And Noah Syndergaard, you know, I gave him some flack when he was first traded to the Phillies after really not being able to pitch well outside of uh, Angel Stadium back before the trade. But uh, he's starting to turn it on a little bit, and I think this is just going to be a lower-scoring game. The line's already started to head in that direction from nine to eight and a half. So I'll take the under Pirates-Phillies. And I like the over seven. Uh, Rockies and Mets. You know, I think uh, the Mets can get a few runs off of Herman Marquez here, but Max Scherzer's allowed four runs in back-to-back starts. Very un-Scherzer-like, but uh, still think even if he gives up a couple here, I think it's more than enough to get us over seven in that one. Jovan, 1976, I traded a Carlton Fisk with a gum mark on it for a uh, Willie Mays when I back when I <laughs> back when I. Yeah. Remember the gum? <laughs> he used to have the gum mark across the cards. It's like, it's like, it's a perfect game, except for the gum that's stuck. It's the original gum. It's like, the gum was so bad, too, man. It was not even good. Oh, it's like, it was like the gum had like the consistency of, of, of like, of this, you know? Of, of this. <laughs> this is like, this is exactly the gum was. It's like you take a bite of it and it like crack into like 20 pieces. <laughs> so bad, man. So, so I'm a, yeah, I, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Even though both of these teams are on streaks and Philly's on a winning streak and uh, Pittsburgh on a, on a losing streak. I don't know. I just like Rosie because Travis, um, you know, <laughs> Listen, at, at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm, I just like the plus money in this one, and I'm taking a shot. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh on the money line with this one with that plus money. If anyone's going to um on on the Pittsburgh st- uh, pitching staff is, has a chance of um, beating Philadelphia, it's going to be um, Contreras. So give me the Pittsburgh Pirates in this one on a Sunday, Sunday sleeper. Ron Romanelli, the year they did the giant basketball cards, the ones that were like this big, I had the Dr. J with the gum stuck to the back. Mm. Yeah, but I had like six of them. I had like six of them. I had like six of them. 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, could, I, could, I could get behind Jovan's uh, uh, play there in the Pirates. I, I think it is worth a shot. You know, Ronzi Contreras looks like he's developing pretty nicely. Um, he's had his moments where he has struggled with the long ball, some of his control issues. But, you know, we know he can miss some bats. He's got really good stuff overall. And, um, you know, I do think that if there was a game in this series that the Pirates would compete in, this would be the one. So um, I do like the under as well, what Chris was saying. I, I think pretty good pitching matchup overall. Uh, Noah Syndergaard's look pretty good as a Philly. Now, he's faced mostly weak lineups, uh, the Nationals, the Marlins, the Reds twice. But the Pirates could be thrown into that conversation, definitely. So I think we're going to see a lower-scoring game. I think it could be a one-run game. So I'd take the plus one-and-a-half with Pittsburgh, still getting a pretty good price there, and I'd lean towards the under in that one. I agree with Ruflo. I think Alec Manoa owes it to his teammates to come in better shape next season because he's run out of gas. Al Ninos, what do you think? Uh... It's a pretty tough, uh, tough one for me uh, here. Uh, but uh, might take a shot with the Angels plus the one and a half here. Uh, yeah, I mean they may have the edge on the mound, but I don't think Stripling is worth minus two forty. So I'll take the Angels. Yeah, but it's tuck. You get you got Tucker. Yeah, no. I'll take my chances. It's kind of like betting Corbin. You might as well might as well <laughs> parlay bit. it up with Corbin. It's kind of like you can parlay up the. Uh, the Blue Jays and the Rays, who have been like total disappointment teams, or you could, you know, go for go for Corbin with Tucker Davidson. I think Hutchinson's pitching today too. You can throw him uh, in the mix. <laughs> it's a beautiful comment. There's a guy pitching tomorrow. Chase Anderson is pitching tomorrow. Who even knew he was still in the league? It's like, what? Wait a minute! You can't do that. It's like it's. Cannot do that, you know. It's like, and we'll start chasing. It's like, what? Can't do that. It's like Patrick Corbin takes his mask off and it's Chase Anderson underneath. <laughs> it's like, where do you get off? <laughs> I don't know, man. I I think Ruanzi Contreras is is going to be good after he, they trade him to the Yankees or something. Um, that's generally what they do to, with their good pitchers. They trade them. Cole Contreras. I mean, uh, Cole and Italian even got good when he went to the Yankees. and uh, It goes on and on and on. Uh, the Blue Jays just, I don't think they're ever going to win another game. they just uh, really terrible. Um, Alec Manoa is just so disappointing. I think this is a guy that um, has such a high ceiling and he's just so out of shape. Man, it's just shown up. Over he was not bad yesterday. He was good yesterday. If you're the number one pitcher, you need to hold the team to one or zero runs. One run. Seven innings, one run, eight strikeouts. They lost two nothing. Yeah, but he didn't give up the other yeah, it was it was the team it was the team that was disappointing. They couldn't get off, get anything off Otani. It wasn't, it wasn't That's Manoa. that's the that's part of facing the number one. Is that you're no. not going to get anything off of him? So, so you need Manoa your has you need to go 14 innings to shut out. Well, let's look at Manoa's. Re- let's look at this guy's record since the All Star break, and then let's find out what his actual weight is. No, and and he struggled a few starts, you know. but last start was not one of those. You don't think that this guy's conditioning has anything to do with his subpar performance as the season's gone on? Not at all. I mean, the so like, so out. like when I run, right, and I'm, I'm, you know, 
when, right now I'm probably 15, 20 over. You think I'm running as fast as I, as I do when I'm, you know, at my fighting weight, you know? There's been plenty of bigger pitchers. I mean, CC, Roger Clemens. I mean, those are two. Roger Clemens was not out of shape like this guy. When Roger Clemens was at his best, he was a scrawny kid out of Texas. He wasn't scrawny. He was, he was, he was, he was never heavy like this guy. All I'm saying was Manoa had a good start yesterday. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, he could have had a better start if he would get in shape. Maybe yeah. go to the gym. It's, it's still the people sort of got to remember that it is his first full year as a as a starter. So we haven't really seen that he, you know, how he does after. So you're, so you're blaming it on the freshman 15? Is that what you're no, saying? I mean, no, is that what's saying, going on here? I mean. I'm just, no, I'm just saying we didn't have anything to go off of. So right now it is looking like, yes, he is running out of gas because he, it's his first full year as, a, as like as a, you know, consistent piece of the rotation. That'll come with time. I get it. Yes, he he does. He should shed, shed a few pounds, but uh but he still had a good start yesterday, and you know, encouraging signs that maybe he can have a couple more good starts before the end of the season, keep the Blue Jays in the race. Back to back, very strong starts. Yeah. One of them against the Yankees in, in Yankee Stadium. What are you selling, Chris? Besides Noah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Noah autograph. Yeah, Shh, don't tell people about that. Um, <laughs> for me today, I got my uh, my fifteen dollar pickoff play. You know, we. Uh, Came through yesterday with the, with the Cardinals and uh, looking to make it back-to-back days to finish the week here. And uh, I also got a few more plays. I'm going to put out a three-pack for uh, for the MLB today. But uh, right now, it's just a $15 pickoff play. Use that promo code AUG15. Jovan, what are you selling? Yeah, I took one on a chin um, yesterday, so I'm back on the bounce back. I got five MLB players. I actually liked um, Major League Baseball um, on this Sunday. And, uh, all those players are sold separately, individually. So jump on that. Also have um, one preseason play that I really like. So jump on it. Ron Romanelli, what do you got? Percent? I got my, my I love Manoa three-pack. No, I got uh, my MLB rundown, uh, best bet, $15 MLB play. And then I've got two plays for long-term uh, subscribers one in the NFL preseason, another one in the MLB. You think Manoa and Kirk, like, they hit the buffet, like, after the game? It's like they turn the lights out, like they see these two guys coming. Yeah, I was there with them. It happens. Turn out the lights and hide. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never see us. Here comes Monster with many mouths. El Ninos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got a couple different three-packs, one all MLB and one that's uh, two MLB and uh, a preseason play. So um, if you're uh, still into preseason football, check that out. And, uh, of course, the best way to go is still the long-term passes. Got a couple extra plays there for everyone. All right. Got the, got the Royals and the Padres. Jonathan Heasley on the mound. I, I thought he was injured last time. Um when they, I thought he was injured in that game. And then um, you've got uh, the Twins against the Giants and the Brewers taking on the Cubs. And I think something looked like it clicked for the Brewers last night in that game. All of a sudden, a light went on and the scoreboard lit up. Chris, what do you think of these three? Yeah, I'm right there with you on the... Uh... Yeah, the the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers I really like here. Um, 
like I, I like Eric Lauer, and I'm just not a not an Adrian Sampson fan. Since when? Uh, I think yeah, since since his time with with the uh, the Texas Rangers, just haven't haven't been able to get on board with Adrian Sampson because you know, I just I don't know. He has pitched well for the Cubs in spots, but I think the Brewers just just really want this one, and I think they're going to turn it on with Eric Lauer on the mound. He, Eric Lauer had a great start against the Dodgers last time out, and uh, I think he carries that over here. I think the Brewers take it to the Cubs here. So uh, I'll take the Brewers, you know, I'll probably take them on the run line. And I like the over nine and a half between the, uh, the Padres and Royals. The two weak links in their respective rotations. I think Sean Benai gets hit for a few runs here. And I think uh, Jonathan Heasley just gets teed off on by the Padres. So give me the, uh, the over as I think that game gets to 11 or 12 runs at the very least. I think the Royals plus one and a half is straight money. Jovan, what do you think of these three? Doing the Giants and um, Twins in this one? Yep. Yeah, I'm on the uh, Minnesota Twins going up against um, faded um, Jakob Yunus in his 5.63 ERA in his last three starts. Um, the Twins are going for the sweep in this one. I think they get it. Uh, I don't think neither one of these um, teams are hitting righties um, <laughs> well, as what I remember. But... Uh, yeah, they're both hitting real bad sub t- <laughs> sub two hundred. Yeah, so, but I just think at the end of the day, I think um, the Twins are just you know they're doing whatever they want with the with the um, with the Giants and the Giants. They just can't do anything on the road. All they're doing is losing, so they'll continue just losing on the road. So, I'll take the Twins. Speaking of Twins, Ron Romanelli. Yeah, my Twinsters. Yeah, but I won't even be touching that game. Well, actually, I do, I do lean towards the Twins. Um, like Jovan was saying, both teams struggling against righties, but the Giants really struggling against righties, and it's been that case the case for about a month and a half. So, uh, you know, even though it's Aaron Sanchez, not my favorite starter, I, I still lean towards Minnesota there. Um, but in that Padres game, I like the Padres on the run line. Uh, Jonathan Heasley, one and seven with that uh, 5.21 ERA, even worse numbers at home this year. His last start wasn't bad, but he still only had two strikeouts in four and two thirds innings, walked four batters. Gives up a lot of home runs, uh, doesn't strike out many batters. And Padres' offense, it's been here and there this series. We saw the first game, they kind of exploded for those 13 runs. Second game of the series, a little bit more quiet. But with Soto back in the lineup, I think it helps their chances. And, you know, the Royals' numbers against lefties weren't, aren't too bad overall this year, but they're, they're striking out quite a bit right now. Uh, fourth highest strikeout rate against lefties, 27.8% in the last month. So, Shamanaya, he has issues with the long ball, but he also misses a lot of bats in terms of strikeouts. So I think he'll have a decent outing. I like the over in this game, like uh, Chris was mentioning, and I like the Padres on the run line. How about you, Al Ninos? Uh, not a matchup I, uh, I love, but uh, but I think I'm going to give uh, the edge to the Giants to, uh, today to, to avoid that sweep. I, gotta, I think they got the better starter and uh, the healthier lineup, so I'll take my chances with the Giants on my line. I don't like the slot. I like the over, though, in that Royals-Padres, and I also like the um, Royals on the run line. Padres horrible on the run line following a win, according to the betting tools, which have been straight fire. Anyways, we go to our next slot, and in this one, um, we've got the Astros and the Orioles. It's been all Orioles this series, quietly. 
and uh, it's White Sox against the Diamondbacks and uh, Kohei Arihara against Drew Hutchinson and this Rangers-Tigers game to charge him full price admission for that, Chris. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that either. But uh, I will say I do like the under 7.5 White Sox-Diamondbacks. You know, we had a, a massive offensive game yesterday. I think we get back to basics with a lower-scoring game here. Zach Davies. Normally a five-inning guy, but he usually pitches fairly well in those five innings. I think he can keep the White Sox under wraps here, but I also expect Dylan Cease to uh, to bounce back from a, an un- Dylan Cease-like stretch in his last couple of games to uh, to get us a low-scoring game here. I could see it being the first to three wins, so can be under in that one. And I'm still going to go with the Texas Rangers here. You know, I was on the Tigers yesterday. That was just mainly because we saw Dallas Keuchel going for the Texas Rangers and Keuchel doing what he does best, making bad teams look better than they, they are. And uh, I think Kohei Arihara, you know, he's had two starts so far this season. He's looked fairly good in both of those. And uh, I'm also fading Drew Hutchison. I, I know this guy's capable of from his time with the Blue Jays. So I think the Texas Rangers win this one to, uh, to close out the series. Yeah, when I was a kid, you know, we'd like be, we'd go on a trip to New York, you know, with our family. We'd go all the time because we had family there. And, um, you know, I'd get to go to a baseball game, but we'd have the tickets like in advance. And I would plan like, what day do you want to go to the game? And I would plan in advance. I'd go through the rotation. Who would be the starting pitcher, you know, for that? And I always wanted to see Seaver, right? You know, for the, for the Mets games, I always wanted to see Tom Seaver. So I always planned it out that it would go if it went through the rotation. Whenever it'd be Tom Seaver would pitch. So I saw Tom Seaver a ton of times, you know, when I was a kid. But it's like I could only imagine going through my rotation and coming down to the thing, and you know, it's like, well, it's not Seaver's, it's Ariara versus, you know, it's like Drew Hutchison. It's just like that would be a disaster. Um, yeah, I think my father used to do the same thing. He's told me he's the one that told me to, to do that, and he used to do it with Kofax. You know, he used to plan it out like his parents would take him to one game, you know, like, and he planned it out. To, to be, you know, he always wanted to, as always, you know, hope it would be. Anyways. Um, well, I guess, maybe it wasn't his parents. Maybe it was earlier than that. Or later than that. Anyways. I don't know. I just remember him saying it was Kofax. Anyways. I like I hate the uh, I hate the I hate the White Sox. And who's up, Jovan? Did you go? Everyone went? No, not yet. Um, yeah. So I don't I, I usually don't do this because that's who I don't go against Justin Verlander. But you know, I think at the end of the day, I I really don't think that these two pitches are gonna factor um into the decision. I think these two pitches are gonna do what they've been doing, which is you know pitching phenomenally basically you know especially Verlander but um Austin Voth he's shown that he's um a, a big league pitcher um you know but I think in the later innings I think this is where you know the rubber beats the road and you know given the fact that the Orioles have won six five out of their last six games I think that they pull this one out in the in the late innings and I'm gonna take this plus money and run with it um and go with the Orioles for the sweep Romanelli yeah, I'm going to take the Rangers on the run line. <clears throat> I don't love Drew Hutchinson. And I think <clears throat> the uh, – man, my throat's – I'm losing my voice here. <clears throat> That's what Arahari versus Hutchinson will yeah, do to you. I know. 
to yeah, knock the wind right out of your sails. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Rangers' bats are be- definitely better against lefties and righties, but they actually, in the last month, are a top 10 in team OPS against righties. So I think they'll be able to get to Hutchison for a few runs here. I, I think he's his ERA is going to go up as the season continues to about over five. So uh, Arihara, not my favorite option. He's had two good starts, but I do think he'll regress as the season goes on. But to Detroit Tigers, it's not a great lineup against righties. They got to Keiko, it's lefty, but I don't think they'll get much on Arihara. So I'll take the Rangers run line. How are you, El Ninos? Oh, we haven't had many of those today, so i uh, got a couple minus ones for you, Mitch. Uh, I think the White Sox minus one and the Rangers minus one. You could do that or take them on the... Uh, for the White Sox, maybe take them run line in the first five. But again, I like the whole game minus one. But Diamondbacks minus two and a half all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Twice on Sunday, man. White Sox, terrible, man. Terrible. They have been. Terrible. Yeah. And did you see last night's game? Did you happen to catch it? <laughs> did you happen to catch I, I that actually, beauty? I have, to, yeah. I have to admit that I missed that one. But well, yes, let me tell you. <laughs> go, go take a look at the box score. You'll get the drift. They were never in it. They, there's no reason they even showed up for, at the stadium. There was no re- If you're going to play like that, why bother showing up? You know? Why bother even showing up? It just... They just see they gave up three runs in the ninth to make sure the the Diamondbacks got those out their system so they don't score today. I I don't know. It was it was terrible. It was a tough watch, as they say. Let's take a look at that box score real quick on that gem. It was just gruesome. They were never in it. So it was ten five, but it was the final, but. It was not even that close. So the White Sox got out to a 3 nothing lead in the game, and then the Diamondbacks came back with five in the top of the second. And they never looked back. Then it was six. Yeah, it was just, there's, there's nothing fun about it. Hate the White Sox. As long as Tony uh, LaRusso is the manager, done. This is the same way I felt about my Dolphins when they gave Ryan, Ryan Tannehill the contract extension. It's like I'm checking out of this relationship. Go to our next set of games. Disgustingly. Our last set of games for today's Major League Baseball action. Clark Schmidt on the ball, on, on the mound here for the Yankees. Um, yeah, Clark Schmidt. Versus Adrian Martinez for the A's on that one-game winning streak. Then you got the uh, Mariners against the Guardians. Great comeback last night by the Guardians. They got to uh, they had Castillo on the ropes all night long and could not cash. And then uh, finally they just you know once the floodgates opened it opened. And then the nightcap from St. Louis, Kenley Jansen, what a jerk. Um, you know, Adam Wainwright against Jake Odorizzi. Chris, I, I refrained. I held my tongue there. Kenley Jansen, what a jerk. <laughs> well, Kenley Jansen just made my Christmas card list for after, after yesterday. That was, uh, yeah, 
I, I have no words after that ninth inning, but uh, I will lean towards the uh, the Guardians here, and I'll also take the under in that in that matchup against the Mariners. I think it's just going to be another low scoring game, and I think the uh, the the Guardians have a lot of momentum after coming back from that uh, deficit last night to get the win. They had Castillo players. on the ropes in every inning. They had him like yeah. you know every inning. It was second and third with two outs. Every inning, you know, it was just it, it seemed just, like it was just a matter of time. Yeah, I was gonna say it just it just for me sometimes when when you have those teams that kind of like they get close but they never break through it's just like it never happens so that it, it did last night I think they carry that over to today so I like the Guardians and the uh, the under there and uh, also with St Louis Cardinals I think they have the momentum after that uh, after that victory on Saturday night and uh, for me I'm just not getting enough money plus money even with the Braves to take Jake Odorizzi here so give me the uh, give me the Cardinals in this one, Jovan. Yeah, it seems like every time I see Jake Odorizzi against a good lineup, above an average lineup, he's giving up runs. So I expect him to give up runs in this one. You know, I also expect um the Braves to you know get a couple off of Wainwright, and with these bullpens to finish it off, I think it just goes over the total. So I'm expecting at least a five to four game in this one, if not even higher. Ron Romanelli, part of the Kenley Jansen fan club. Oh yeah, Kenley Jansen, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I, I, had, I had a feeling he was going to blow that game. It, it just uh, when you expect it coming, it doesn't hurt as much, I guess. But anyway, this the Guardians Mariners game. I like the Guardians through the first five innings. I do think they'll be able to get to Ray. I think Savali has a good start here. My worry with the Guardians is, to me, their bullpen is very um, strong towards the end of it with guys like Karinchek and Classe. Uh, but both of those guys are pitching back-to-back days in this series. They, they uh, pitched in the first game, or not the first, the second game of the series, and last night. So they're most likely not going to be available, and that's where I worry if this is a close game with Cleveland. So instead of worrying about the bullpens, I just think they'll – I'll take the half a run on the first five innings against Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, he's given up at least one home run in four of his last five. He's still walking some guys. So we know that to beat Ray, you got to hit the long ball. you got to be patient at the plate. And although the Guardians aren't the most powerful lineup in the league, they're a very patient lineup. They don't strike out much, and they're hitting lefties pretty well right now. So I think they can get to Ray for a few runs. I think Savali has a good start. So I'll take uh, the Guardians plus a half a run through the first five innings. Al Ninos. Yeah, this, uh, these two matchups are the ones. I thought we were doing the old format, and I had these two plays ready to go for it. Uh, I think the Guardians. Well, that means uh, you're ready for this slot, man. This is this yeah, is this is the Al Nino show. Let's go. As uh, Ron uh, Romanelli has proposed many times. <laughs> mm. um, uh, yeah, so uh, I still like not as much value on them, but I still like the Guardians with some plus money today. And in that last game, I do think the Cardinals uh, get the job done here. Uh, they got the better starter and the healthier lineup. So, uh, yeah, normally I'd go with the Braves, but uh, but I think they got a couple things going for them as long as, as well as uh, home field. So I think the Cardinals get the job done here. I love the Guardians today against the Mariners. I've taken them every game this series, but I don't, I don't care. I just think that the Mariners are kind of they're there, but... I don't think they have a chance to win a postseason game. Well, the Guardians, I think, actually in the postseason, I think, you know, they're going to win the division. I actually think that they do have a chance to win some games and to make a competitive series against any team that they play. 
I just think they're well managed. And I think when you're well managed and you know, you're in these one you know, these these tight few game series like this, it's like that's when the manager makes a big difference. You know, it's kinda like a college basketball coach in the last three minutes of the game. You know, it's like he might not do anything the whole time, but those last three minutes, you know, it's kinda like the manager in, in baseball because those games, it's like every bit of the game is under the microscope, right? It's like everything's magnified when it happens. So I don't know. Anyways, got NFL football. Normally we do this first, but today we save the best for last. It is the final two games of the preseason today. We've got the New York Jets versus the New York Giants. The Jets are the home team in this one. And then we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Detroit Lions. Can't spell, can't spell sexy without Detroit Lions. Chris, what do you think? Well, for me, too, I, I, I like uh, the uh, the Giants on the money line. I, I think that that's where the value is in that game. You know, the Jets, yes, they've, they've, they're they 2-0 as well, and they had to, uh, you know, they had a couple of come-from-behind wins in each of those games. But, you know, I think the Giants, you know, they're going to – I think uh, Brian Dabble said he's already going to play his starters for a fair bit of the first, first half. And even when the starters leave – I think Tyrod Taylor's done an impressive job so far in the preseason. I think uh, the Giants can really take it to the uh, the backups of the New York Jets here. So I like the, the value of the Giants on the money line in this one. And I also like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think you know the, the, the quarterback job fully up for grabs in Pittsburgh. And I think uh, we see the best efforts from all three quarterbacks. And I think the backups also just take it to Detroit's backups here. I think uh, Pittsburgh, just a far deeper team. So I'll lay the touchdown with the Steelers in that one. Your homework assignment is to say, Blouse blows 16 times fast. Jovan, how about you? What do you think of these two? Yeah, considering the fact that the Steelers, you know, they still have a QB competition going, and they're going to be playing their starters at least uh, to the front, probably most of, if not all, of the first half. Um, you know, and Detroit... I, I just think this one's going to go over. I, I, I was leaning under uh, earlier, but I, I'm switching course on this one, taking over. I think um, the Lions get a couple cheap ones at the end of the game you know, to push this one over. You know, one of those fourth-quarter cheap uh, touchdowns. So I'll take the over in that game. Ron. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to take a Ruffalo on this football card. I, I have a premium in that Giants-Jets game, and I really just don't have an opinion on that Lions-Steelers game. I think that line is kind of right where I would put it. <laughs> so, uh, Jovan and Chris make good points. Man, that thing's a long sound. That's how we do things. There we go. How we yeah. Do. Um, but I, I'd be lying to you if I said I had a real strong opinion about that Steelers game. So, I'll take a Ruffalo. El Ninos. Yeah, I might take a little shot with the uh, with the uh, Giants here. Uh, my, uh, sorry, with the points and the money line a little bit as well, but uh, mostly like the points. I hate the Giants and I hate the Jets, so it makes it a tough one for me. Um, but I do love the Steelers against the Lions, mainly because of those Lions backup QBs, just absolutely terrible, terrible, terrible. And, of course, those of you that watched yesterday, my wife's Colts again. That Colts. That freaking coach. It's like they didn't, even, they didn't get off the bus. It was like they didn't even dress for the game. They showed up in shorts. 
It's like, it's like, what's with the Hawaiian shirts, guys? It's like, man, seriously. It's like, you want to talk about dress going through the motions. Anyways, Ruflo, you got a parlay for these nice people. Yeah, I like today. I really like my parlay today. It's all, all totals, but I really love it. I'm going to go with the uh, under seven and a half Mariners Guardians. I'm going to go with the over nine and a half Padres Royals. Uh, under eight and a half Pirates Phillies and over eight Reds Nationals for four game parlay. Javon? Yeah, Pirates, money line. Orioles, money line. Twins, money line. That hits, you know, get yourself some, get your wife something. Get me a boat. Ron Romanelli. I know Chris said he likes his parlay, but I like mine better. So how about that? Dodgers run line, Padres run line, and Guardians first five run line or spread. I like the Diamondbacks reverse run line minus one and a half. I would also maybe throw a little something straight up on the minus two and a half in that one. I like the over in the Rangers-Tigers game and the Orioles against the Astros, Austin Vaught. I think you'd also put in a Royals run line um, plus the one and a half kicker on that thing, just for good measure. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Make it a winning day. We appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. It's going to be a short show because not a lot of games, but... I'll talk to the guys, see if we can do a college football show at some time on Wednesday, you know, whatever's most convenient, kind of like a barnstorming event. No commitments, just uh, let's go over the games real quickly. And then um, I believe we'll do an NFL show on Thursday. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Make it a winning day.